Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast with me, your host, Danny Kennedy, and you're listening to episode number nine. On this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, we're extremely lucky to have Ahmed Kelly with us to have a chat um, ahead of this year's uh, Rio Paralympics. So welcome to the show, mate. Thanks, Danny. It's good to be on your show. Uh, extremely privileged to have you here. Um, so what we'll do is we'll start off, I'll get you to just quickly tell us a bit about yourself um, and your, your journey so far and um, and this year's Paralympics, mate. Well, I, I, quite, I have a quite extraordinary um, story, but basically it's full of luck and opportunities and making the most of those. So I was originally born in Baghdad, Iraq, at a Mother Teresa orphanage, and basically the orphanage had kids with lots of different uh, disability, mainly paraplegic and quadriplegic and so on. But um, Emmanuel and I were about, I was about six years of age when I was at the orphanage, so yep. that I can remember of. Maybe I was there a bit earlier, yeah. but that I can remember of six or five years of age, and Emmanuel came when he was about four or five as well. Okay. So, which is quite interesting because we're the only two mobile kids at the orphanage. So, okay. long story short, the nuns had heard about Moira Kelly, uh, yep. who is an amazing humanitarian that brings kids from all over the world that needs life-saving and life-changing operations. And she's able to do all that through uh, the foundation she had, uh, which is the Children First Foundation, which is still going. And recently she's just had an, uh, another um, foundation that she set up that's on a smaller scale than Small scale, other, yeah. Which is cool because she got the other one where it needed to be, but now it's, um, now it's now she wants to start something small and yeah, cool. on her own as well, which is great. But anyway, the nuns had heard about the amazing uh, the amazing things that she's been doing she said oh would it be any chance for you to come over to Baghdad have a look at both Ahmed and Emmanuel and see if uh, the doctors in Australia could operate on their legs because I had um, legs that were quite crooked yep. and bent as well okay yep. and so therefore I couldn't really walk more than three or four hundred metres without being in a fair bit of pain pain yeah okay so I used to get around in a, either a tricycle or just rest up before I can go again yep so I came to Australia not knowing what to expect and um, all I knew was coming to Australia would be you know go, going straight to a hospital little did I know the freedom that I had the wonderful people that I'd run into yeah being so kind and so generous so it's just been an amazing journey and basically it wasn't until about 2003 or 2002 when I was ready for operation so in the meantime so I arrived in 2000 and where did you come to when you got to Australia so I came in when I came into Australia I went straight into the country which yep. is Kilmore okay that's where pretty much we had a house there 40 acres of land yep and yeah the kids were there ready for their getting ready for their operation or recovering from their operation okay so cool almost like a rehab house yeah. but it's yeah. a lovely house um, built by Rotarians and it was just unreal and but so basically that's where I did a bit of homeschooling and then went on to school waiting yeah. just to kill time while I was waiting for the operation okay cool and when the operation happened it was quite yeah it's quite amazing because I just did again I didn't know what to expect and all I wanted to do was walk like everybody else yeah of course so yeah I knew that it was going to be so painful but uh, I knew the only thing was it was going to be temporary not permanent yep so therefore I was just telling myself oh, this is only going to be Temporary and um, basically, I'll be able to walk like everybody else. Yeah, it's and amazing. for long, the recovery started, and yep. um, I was ready to wear prosthetic legs. Mm -hmm. And when I got prosthetic legs, did some physio, then I was able to walk like everybody else. It was just yeah. an amazing feeling. It would, yeah, amazing. And then, pretty much from then, 
that's when I had no limits on whatever I did. I went on to tackle just about every sport that I yeah, wanted to. Yeah, unreal. Whether it was AFL and swimming. So yeah. It's just amazing. But I, all I ever wanted to do was push myself and yeah. to do my very best at everything I tried and do it at 100%. That's awesome. And I guess once you started playing sports um, and kind of tried your hand at a number of different things, did you know straight away that swimming was what you ultimately wanted to do in the long run or was it something else or no uh, swimming was one of those things that I fell into accidentally I mean I, I used to love AFL football yep. and basically I wanted to do my very best to play AFL footy yep. so I played for my local um, team played for my primary school team grade 6 and also Assumption College um, high school team as well so I did really well with all of those teams and basically I wasn't there to be the, the best player yeah. on the field I was there to do the one percenters just to do the little things that contribute to hopefully winning a, a game or footy and all those sort of things and I just love that and yeah, um, sure. yeah just helping out the team so team sports has always been my sort of thing so it was when I had to give it up and I was like I was absolutely devastated and um, but I had no idea what to do all I knew is that I really wanted to be part of sport and still have something to do with it in some shape or form but I mean I got offered assistant coach position and all that and okay but I, I still wanted to be in the action of in, it all. yeah sure so yeah I found out about swimming uh through trying out all the other sports on Paralympic scales um but yeah swimming thought okay well it's a fresh start and I could possibly do well in it yeah, so, yeah. and I imagine it would be a lot easier on the body as well oh well, yeah mum was happy about that because yeah. <laughs> it wasn't rough and uh, no one was trying to deck me onto the ground and all that <laughs> but swimming was a lot more gentler I should say but yeah. yeah it is a lot easier on the body in terms of like the stress and all that sort of stuff but yeah. when you hit the gym it gets a bit tough there but yeah. in the water it's good and, um, but we're always pushing the limit of yeah. our body but yeah and in a different way yeah for sure and I guess a lot of people would probably know um, your story as in what you're doing at the moment with swimming, but how did, how did your swimming career kind of progress? Like where, where did it kind of, where's your um, journey gone so far? Like what have you done along the way up until this point? I think in anything in life, it always starts small. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you don't always expect to start at the very top. You start very small straight away. Um, I used to have like start off small. So for me, I started off in a local team. Yep. And my objective there was to do PBs, um, fix up the strokes, and yeah. try and get some sessions, and in some case, under my belt. Yeah, okay. I was nowhere near Paralympic standards, nowhere near national standards. Yep. It was more just get in the pool, do a bit of work, and try and get some PBs happening, um, whether it would be one and a half seconds or so, whatever it is, yeah. even point one, uh, yeah, it's all those sort of things, and fixing up the strokes, because when I started, all my strokes were all over the place. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There was, they were not efficient, all that sort of stuff. It wasn't until I made the big move to go to Melbourne yeah, uh, to be with the girls, Trishna and Krishna, that some of you might remember the previously conjoined twins. Yeah. In 2009, they were getting uh, separated. So yeah. that was the big operation then. And it was quite full on for me. I was doing year 10. I was trying to move back, um, go up to Melbourne mm. and uh, the country backwards and forth. It was quite full on. So mm. I said to Mama, maybe I'll have to try and see you once a month or so. And yeah. she didn't like that idea. I can so imagine, she, yeah. <laughs> she's like, why don't you move to Melbourne? And then I had to really think about it and how it will work. And I ended up thinking, okay, if I really moved to Melbourne, I could join up uh, a Melbourne team, yeah. uh, a Melbourne swimming club, I should say. So I ended up joining Melbourne Vic Centre. Yeah, yeah, great. Uh, amazing club. Amazing uh, program, yeah. Great, great team, um, great coaches, all those sort of things. So I went from about two sessions a week in the country to about 10 sessions. Yeah, it was yeah. quite full on, but 
I loved it and I love the way that that pushed me and yeah. that's pretty much where I made my breakthroughs when I moved into Melbourne yeah. started getting really good times mm. uh, I mean it's because I was putting the hard work in and yeah made my first nationals and never looked back awesome and um, I feel as though that's the same as exactly the same as any kind of professional athlete or sport as soon as you're in that environment where you are increasing your training volume you're around other people that are on the same journey um, you're putting in that time you do start to see your progress just skyrocket don't you well absolutely I mean a good friend of said there's no substitution for hard work and it's so true that you've got to put the hard yard in before you get good results yeah and it depends what again it also depends what your goals are yeah in, sure in the sport I mean if you're a person that just wants to be if you're a person that just wants to uh, compete, um, then that's quite full on. If you're a person that just wants to be healthy and fit, that's a different story yeah, like, exactly. altogether. So you don't need to push yourself as much as what us athletes do. Yeah. But at a Paralympic level, when you're trying to compete against the world, they're doing just exactly the same as what you are. Exactly right. I mean? So yeah. you've got to have that determination. You've got to have that uh, work ethic in the yeah. pool and in the gym, all those sort of things to get to that standard. Yeah. And you've mentioned um, briefly a couple of times about your gym work. Yes. Um, so that's where I guess I kind of originally um, saw you in person and um, it's amazing to see the um, how hard you train and the stuff that like the exercises you do it's, it's actually unbelievable but um, how early did you start to get in the gym and, and what do you kind of focus on on building up in the gym is there specific areas that you work on in particular or is yeah. it or is it just kind of a general I'm thing? a guy that started team gym so okay. you know, team gym was offered and that was when I was about 15 or so I mean yeah. sometimes stop it a little bit earlier but I started when I was about 15 16 yeah. of age and yeah it was quite simple straightforward stuff to start off with yeah. but now we're into a lot of hard sort of um, yeah. front squats with trying to do about your body weight or double yeah. your body weight so you can build up to that that's awesome all those sort of things um, but our main power comes from my, my legs yeah and we want to try and expose that in a race okay so in the gym the gym's got to try and incorporate that so yeah. the gym workout so trying to do a lot of leg stuff we do a bit of flats as well yeah because um, you want to try and get, keep the arm strength yeah there to keep the momentum in the yeah. pool but uh, as I said we try and work hard and try and really think about what is our race strategy Mm-hmm. Okay, and try and incorporate the gym program around that. Yeah, awesome. And with with the gym side of things, have you and also in the pool, what have what have kind of been the main main barriers, I guess, that you've had to kind of work around um, in regards to helping your stroke or helping your performance or or stuff that you've kind of struggled with? Yeah, um, in the gym, it's there have been a few barriers, and I'll be honest with you with that. But uh, mainly because. My left arm is shorter than my right arm. Okay. So we're trying yeah. to even that out in even the gym. Um, some people can grip onto uh, the straps where I kind of, kind of, yeah. kind of just lean on and all that. So you've got to try and find ways to uh, hold on to those straps. Um, but you can't tight, uh, tie them around your um, arms because then you yeah. cut off blood circulation. Yeah. So you've got to come out. You've got to find, try and find Finding happy different ways, I yeah, guess. Yeah, to try yeah. and keep that. So thankfully, I don't have to think of it too much. Yeah. I have got a uh, great person, Alex. Yeah, uh, you do my, work with your trainer, yeah. Alex Hishal. He's my um, strength and condition coach. And awesome. We work really well together. I mean, he pushes me, but it's a team, yeah. team effort to, uh, yeah. at the end of the day. And how long have you been working with Alex? Uh, right before London to be oh, awesome. so the London 2012 Paralympic Games so yeah. so I think I started with him basically in 2010-2011 yep. started really pushing the boundaries so but yeah as a team we really worked hard from 2011 onwards 
Great. And you just mentioned the um, the the London Olympics, the Paralympics. Um, so so you've already been to the Paralympics. Is there anything that you've kind of experience-wise or com- competition-wise that you've got from London that you now want to improve on or kind of or you're looking forward to at this year's Rio Rio Games? And it's I don't know if you guys back at home would experience the same thing. Whenever you start something from the from scratch or from the beginning, it's all a learning curve. Yeah. Okay? So it's all about trying to learn what you want to do and um, trying to really understand the atmosphere or the environment. London was that. Uh, London was exactly that for me. So I was getting in London not knowing what to expect. It was an amazing experience. Oh, a little bit experience. Um, a little bit. Um, daunting to start off with yeah because it's huge i mean i've never really raced in front of seventeen and a half thousand people amazing yeah and i mean i got there knowing that all i had to do was my best yep um but now going into rio i wanted a little bit better than just competing and doing yeah. my best. i want to try and finish top three yep that's the big goal awesome um that's why we're trying to train as hard as we possibly can to make that an achievable goal and yeah. I think it is a realistic goal definitely um, considering the amount of, tra- of work that we've been trying to put on um, the training yeah and, and how how uh, how big or, or small are the improvements that you see kind of over that four year time period since since the last ones as an athlete I really think we've matured yeah uh, we understand what we need to focus on r- rather than what we don't need to focus on yeah. and spend li- little time on things that could be potentially okay a waste of time yep um so as an athlete i reckon we've really really um matured um in that sort of sense but um yeah this this come uh this time around as i said just want to really push the boundaries and not get caught up too much on the whole hype and all that sort of stuff yeah really still enjoy it yeah yeah but don't sure. get caught up on it too caught much. up in it too much i yeah, guess like now you've got that experience yeah. already you know exactly. what to expect so i sort of know yeah yeah expect, cool which is exciting yeah, fantastic. So, how many days? I think I think I had it down here. It's about eighty-four days until uh, eighty-four days. Yeah, so. yeah, awesome. So, so it'll come around very quick. Yeah, we were chatting about it before, um, and this also comes into not, I suppose, not getting too caught up in the hype of it. But have you been thinking about it much, and is it coming around quicker than <laughs> what you kind of expected, or? I think when I look at the uh, the Olympic countdown, yeah, that's where it gets quite scary because <laughs> we're not too far after that. Yeah, sure. So I try not to look at that too too often. But um, I know the main focus now is to, to focus on the training, not yeah. so much the days and all that, because if you're too dwelled up about oh, how many days and all that sort of stuff, it's good to have an idea mm-hmm. how long you have, yeah. but at the same time really focus on the training and also how long or uh, how many sessions you can make count towards That's right. the pound of the game. So yeah. uh, my good, uh, our good, um, uh, what do you call it, head coach, yeah. Ian Pope, says the Olympic days... Uh, the Olympics aren't every, um, every four years, but every day. So every yeah, exactly it right. Every make day. it count. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. So yeah. And um, another thing I was going to ask you about uh, about the Olympic experience. So do you go do you go over to Rio um, for the actual Olympics, or do you wait until the Paralympics? No, no, no. We don't go into the Olympics at all because that's a little bit of sort of a distraction. But also, you've got to focus on your training preparation. Yeah. So we pretty much leave. Um, on the 22nd of August which is on the back end of the uh, Rio Olympic Games Okay. so I think they'll be all finishing up on the way home So, we, but we don't go to uh, Rio straight away we go to a staging camp and for a tr- basically a training camp yeah, yeah so yeah. a training camp and basically that's where we do our final preparation mm-hmm. get, get over jet lag yeah. and uh, yeah. pretty much yeah just 
uh, get the team camaraderie happening again. Yeah, cool. So we do that um, around America. Yeah. Uh, so oh, we'll awesome. be in Auburn University in Alabama. Yeah, so right. So it'll be exciting and yeah, I'm sure. really looking forward to it. And then pretty much four or five days before the opening ceremony, we'll be going to the, uh, the village. Yeah, fantastic. Which is awesome. And do you have any race day rituals, mate? Any um, superstitious stuff that you do on race day? <laughs> uh, I like to be organised. Yeah. So I pretty much have all the racing bathers, the goggles and all that ready to go, yeah. uh, lined up uh, to put in my bag first thing in the morning when I wake up. And then, yeah, the shower, truly uh, put some music on to rave yourself up, yeah. all those sort of things. Yeah, and, fantastic. Yeah, just try and make it as normal as you possibly can. Yeah, great. Um, and... Uh, oh, we were chatting about this before. Something that I um, that I have a lot to do with is, I guess, nutrition coaching and helping people out with their their nutrition um, to work towards their goals, whether it be fat loss, muscle building, or athletic performance. Obviously, nutrition plays a pretty big role in the way you train and stuff. How important do you do you find it in regards to correlating with how you uh, perform? One thing I did learn straight away when I picked up those eleven sessions a week uh, that pretty much nutrition is a key factor to recovery and so i saw a dietitianist or a nutritionist yeah um so thanks to the vis um basically she told me what i needed to do so getting your carbs your proteins yeah muesli bars um yeah so just trying to get all those in um after each session and okay. the shakes and all that so I try and be very vigilant with all that sort of stuff yeah. because yeah at the end of the day two sessions and sometimes three sessions a day yeah it can be quite it's a lot a, of demand on the demand body. on the body exactly yeah. so very important that I stick to the uh, good nutrition nutrition plan that I have okay so, yeah, because the longer you delay I've, I've been told the longer you delay nutrition intake the uh, longer the recovery is longer recovery yeah. So, yeah and obviously as you mentioned when you're training as hard and as often as you are every bit of recovery is extremely important Absolutely. especially this close to such a big event and I mean every session we've got to be at our peak sort of thing so we're always wanting to push our body in every session so the fact that we're not good with nutrition or the recovery strategies we're letting ourselves down for the next session yeah so which is not really ideal no no not at all um, and the last question mate what are you what are your kind of um, hobbies I guess outside of swimming so obviously this takes up a lot of your time but what do you enjoy doing away from the gym and away from the pool yeah well that's one thing is, is to try and get away from it all so yeah. you, you just to really mentally recover from the pool sessions because yeah it can be quite a big toll on your uh, mental um, mental aspects so basically try and get out uh, to a movie catching yeah. up with friends go see another different sport whether yeah. it's AFL or netball all those sort of things try and get out there and be exposed to other different um, activities so and do, doing that with friends is even a bonus for me which yeah. is great <laughs> so because during the week I'm so caught up with swimming I don't really yeah. have time for my um, friends but on the weekend I try and catch up with them as much take as your I can. mind off a bit yeah yeah awesome well mate it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today um, I'm sure the listeners are um, really going to love this episode and um, on the uh, Facebook live video here so thanks for joining us and good luck this year mate um, we'll all be all be cheering you on and hope you, hopefully you um, get that top three spot thanks Danny and thanks to everyone at home listening and uh, yeah I'm really looking forward to the Rio Paralympic Games and really appreciate everyone's support